Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. If you have your device, your iPad, your iPhone, we have the screen, or if you have a Bible, turn in it to a very familiar scripture, Psalm 23. I want to talk to you about having security in uncertainty. I don't know if you're like me. There's been times in my life, I had, a couple of years ago, I had a problem. And they sent me to a doctor, and he did uh, biopsies. Anybody here ever had a biopsy? And it sounded like he had a staple gun, okay? I won't be any more descriptive, okay? But the hardest part of that biopsy was, we will call you later. Now, I know that there's a lot of smart men in the world. Isn't it, isn't it possible that a man can invent something somewhere that they can do that and tell you while you're sitting there? But the longest wait in my life is that three days, seven days, ten days. And then they call you, and all of a sudden you have apprehension. The phone rings. It's Dr. So-and-so's office. And all of a sudden your heart drops. They call me. The nurse said, I'm the nurse, and I'm from uh, Dr. Bug is his name. Uh, he bugs me. He said, we have a report to give you. And she said, Mr. Sergeant, everything is benign. I said, will you hold the phone while I shout? Guess what? I did. Has anybody ever been there? You know, you wait and wait and wait. Folks, that's exactly where we are in this COVID-19. It won't be long till it'll be over. So I've chosen today a very familiar scripture, Psalm 23. It's been used at funerals, it's been used in weddings, it's been used about anywhere you can use it. And as I begin to look at it, I begin to remember my childhood, and in my childhood, which was a few years ago, you folks over here, I mean, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln wasn't in my class, but I think he finished right ahead of me. And they would say, okay, we're going to memorize, and for you to do memory work, you would memorize verses, parts of the Bible. Can't do that anymore. Somebody gets upset. You know what? I don't know why so many people are offended, and I'm offended, that they're offended, I'm offended. You'll get it. And they said, okay, we're going to, re- we're going to memorize the 23rd Psalm. And this little lady was, little girl, she was very nervous, and she was very shaky, and they came, the teacher called her name. She jumps up in front of the class and she says, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. And sit back down. And I've taken that theme and I like that. That's all I want. Say it with me. Say, the Lord's my shepherd. That's all I want. What else could you want if you have him as your shepherd? And David, of course, everybody knows that he was a shepherd boy and everybody knows he tended sheep. If you've never been around sheep, they stink, okay? It's not a, you know, it's not a great place to be. Can you imagine being a little boy like David as a young boy and all of his brothers had lined up and they thought they were gonna be king because Samuel had come by to anoint them? And then they call for David and David comes in. They pour oil on his head. He's covered with oil. And Samuel prophesies that you're going to be the next king of Israel. Man, that's wonderful. But go back and watch the sheep. 
Whatever you're anointed to do, it may not be your time yet. Be faithful to the sheep. Be faithful to your assignment. I got to say this. You don't need a new assign, a new anointing for a new assignment. You need a new anointing for where you're assigned so you can be ready for the next assignment. You ought to write that down. That was pretty good. I've never said that before, all right? But David was with the sheep. David loved to sing. So that's why we have so many psalms. In one of the most difficult times of his life, he wrote this. And as he began to take time to write it, if you'll notice, he says in the very first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to do something I didn't do in the first service. They should have stayed around, okay? If you will go a thousand years from Psalm 23, a thousand years later in Matthew 6, about verse 9 or 10, you're going to find a different place, but they're a thousand years apart, but both of them sound the same. This one says, the Lord is my shepherd. It talks about the shepherdhood of God. When you get over into Matthew 6, it is the Lord's prayer that says, our Father who art in heaven. It goes from shepherdhood with David to fatherhood with Jesus. I don't mind him being my shepherd, and I'm glad that he is, but praise God, he's my papa. Woo! They didn't get that in the first service, so tell them to tune in, okay? He says, the Lord. Everybody say thee. It didn't say a Lord. It didn't say Lord. It says the Lord. I know there are a lot of people who believe there's many ways to get to heaven. No, there's not. There's only one. They say there's many streams. Oh, no, no, there's one. If they tell you there's another stream, you're in the wrong place because there's one, and that one is Lord. He said, the definite Lord. Lord comes from a word that means Jehovah. Jehovah means covenant-keeping God. When you look at this, you see that the Lord is my covenant-keeping God. He shed his blood upon the cross to make a covenant with me, so therefore I am in a covenant with him, and that covenant with him says, I'll take care of you, I'll heal you, I'll save you, I'll deliver you, you can count on me, I'll always be there, because I'm in a covenant with him. Wow. Wow. You know, that's why so many marriages fail. They think they're in a contract and they ought to be in a covenant. There are no perfect marriages because there's no perfect people. But there's people who are in a covenant and say, okay, you may not have acted like I thought you should, but I'm still going to stay with you. Ooh, I, I didn't get this in the first service. Either. I don't know what y'all been doing. And that covenant means I got your back. I'll watch after you. In fact, you make a covenant in the Old Testament, you realize that a covenant in the Old Testament, that you, they make such a covenant, the last thing they do is cut their wrist and rub them together and say, my blood's coming into you, your blood's coming into mine, I'm with you, you're with me. In fact, what part of their covenant says, if you need money, you can write a check off of my account. I don't know many marriages that good, okay? But the covenant says, I got you. Do you hear him? I hear him saying that to me. He may not be talking to you. He don't talk to you like he talks to me, but he's saying, I got you. Somebody said, what kind of, what's God saying to you in this pandemic? I'm going to tell you exactly. Y'all ready? You can write this down right quick. I'll give you time to write it. Trust me. He said, you don't need another prophecy. You got my word. 
I'm not against prophecies. I agree with them. But he said, why do you want something else? Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust. Do you hear him? Trust him. Oh, what's going to happen? You, got, you understand? How many know his presence are with you today? His presence is here with you today. Guess what? His presence goes with me through life. If I live, his presence is with me. If I die, his presence is with me. You can't lose with the stuff I use, folks. I got it because I'm with him in a covenant. The Lord is. Boy, this thing's going to get long. I'm just now on is. Is is the everlasting present God. There's no yesterday. There's no tomorrow. Everything to him is right now. He's never, he's never had to wait for the sun to come up or go down. He's never had to wait for anything because he's God. Uh, I, I coined a new word. I gave it to him in the first. Isness. Isness of God means he's an everlasting present. Wow. Now, we, we can't comprehend that. Our presence for about, you know what they tell me now? They said they did a study, and the average uh, listening span of the young people of America is eight seconds. Wow. I better preach fast. If I don't preach fast, you ain't going to hear what I said. If I don't hear what I said, eight seconds is over. Is. He just is. He what? He is my. I might as well give you a little bit of my. You know what that word my means? A personal relationship. This lady sitting on the front is my wife. She's been my wife for 57 years. No, she's not. She's in a covenant with me. If she hadn't, she'd have left me a long time ago because I, I couldn't live with me. But we're in a covenant. She's my wife. I have my family. You know what that is? That's personal. The good thing with him as our shepherd is he's personal with me and at the same time, he's personal with you. Wow. He's closer than a brother. He's that. He is my shepherd. Somebody say shepherd. Shepherd. What does it mean? He's a shepherd. When you talk about the shepherdhood of God, he told us in John chapter 10, what? What is it? The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Boy, I'm glad he's the good shepherd. Not only that, secondly, he's the great shepherd. Hebrews tells us that. I don't know the exact location. Hebrews is only about 13 chapters. You can read it and find it. But it says in Hebrews that he's not, he's the great shepherd. You know what it says about him? The great shepherd is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for you and me. Anybody ever had somebody pray for you? How'd you like to have somebody who prays for you all the time? That's him. Ever, ever, ever interceding for me and you. He's always talking to the Father about you. He's not only the good shepherd. He's not only the great shepherd. First Peter says he's the chief shepherd. What does that mean? Chief is a word that means first. The one that's number one. You know what that says? That the chief shepherd, the number one guy, the guy who's in charge, what? he shall appear. Woo! And he's going to take us home to be with him. The chief shepherd's just about to step out and call us home. The chief shepherd's just about to say, this is enough, let's go. The father's about to say to the chief shepherd, go get your children. Every time I'm praying, most every time I pray, even over my meal, I say, even so come Lord Jesus. Not because I'm an escapist, 
but because I'm a bride that's about to go to a wedding and I'm about to get married. Amen. He's the shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. The word actually means lack. Wow. Lack. All of us lack something. When I'm driving on the highway, there's some drivers that lack something up here, and I won't go there. Some people lack this and lack that. They lack. But he said, he's my shepherd. I don't have any lack. I kind of like that, don't you? Because he's my shepherd, all of my wants, all of my, not my wants, my lacks are taken care of. Why? Because he's my shepherd. You know what happens when he's your shepherd? He's my shepherd because he's my rest. He's my refreshment. He's my forgiveness. He's my companion. He's my guide. He's my comfort. He's my sustenance. He's my joy. He's my life. And he's my eternity. He's my God. Whew. Y'all know if you've been around me long enough, when the whoos come, I'm feeling pretty good. But what does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. Let's give me the next verse. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Somebody say makes. Makes is a forcible word, which means you won't do it yourself. You have to be made to do it. As I told them in the first service, when my kids were younger, I especially remember Jeff when I was in Lee University. We, we lived in a two-story apartment, and his room was upstairs, and I'd send him to his room. You go to your room. It's time for you to go to bed. I, I, I had to force him, okay? Now you don't have to force me. All I got to do is just go to bed, okay? I'm glad. But the steps, I, I would, he would come back down. I didn't know he was there, and all of a sudden, I'd see a head peeping around the wall. I, Son, you got to go back to bed. See, what was happening? I didn't make him go to bed because I was mad at him. I made him go to bed because I loved him. He makes me lie down because he loves me. Sometimes he has to make us be still. Do I have any takers in here that he wants to make you be still? Let's go on with this. Look at it. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, when we look at this, I think of lush fields. I think of grass growing and those sheep are just having a ball. No, 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 no. When you go to Israel where the sheep, the shepherds are taking care of sheep, it's stony, rocky dirt. And at every few, uh, maybe a foot, there's a rock that somewhere had a crevice and the, the Dew, there's not dew, there's moisture that comes in from the Mediterranean, rains maybe once or twice a year, and it causes moisture to be there, and a sprout of grass comes up about like that. There's one here, and then there'll be one here, and then there'll be one here. The shepherd takes his sheep and leads them through that rocky path. Now let me hear this. I want to teach you something. Every time he makes you lie down, sometimes it's rocky, but it's still green pastures. Somebody didn't receive that. I got to say that. I'm going to say to this group over here. It's rocky. It's not comfortable, but sometimes he makes you be still. But as he's leading you, there are little sprouts of grass. Those little sheep 
And then he'll lead them to another one. Then he'll lead them to another. Do you know that they are about six feet apart? So we thought we were the first ones to come up with social distancing, weren't we? And they're about six feet apart. And they eat here and they eat another. He keeps leading them. He keeps leading them. It kind of reminds me of a young lady by the name of Ruth who was working the field for Boaz. And Boaz kind of took a liking to her and noticed who she was. And all of a sudden, he said, don't just let her take this. Let's leave her some handfuls of purpose. Sometimes in my life, I'm on that rocky road. I can't find the sprout that I'm looking for. And I need something. And all of a sudden, he drops something to me. Woo! He drops another one. And I go another few feet and he drops another one. He's not going to give you the whole load, but right now he's giving you a handful. And that handful is all you need to get you through where you're going. Come on, give him praise in the house. He makes me to lie down. Then he leads me beside the steel waters. Do you understand that sheep grow wool and the reason they grow wool is to give it away, not to keep it? They don't grow wool for themselves and say, whoa, look at my wool. They grow wool so I can put this coat on and say, I got on a wool sport coat today. Some sheep had to give the wool for this coat. The problem sometimes in the church is we keep all the wool for ourselves and we need to give it away. We, we, we keep too much of it. You know what happens to a sheep? If he don't give his wool away, it gets too thick, it gets too heavy, and he just he can't hardly walk. And the reason he doesn't want to go by running water, if he falls in, he can't get out. Because of the heaviness of his wool, he will drown. But what does the shepherd do? Let me find some still waters. Let me find a place you're not afraid so you can get a drink. He leads me. Notice, notice he made me lie down, but he leads me by, by, beside the still waters. Give me the next one, please. He restores my soul. The word restore comes from a word. Actually, the word soul is the word breath. The word restore means to bring breath back into your body. I don't know about you, but during this pandemic, we need some breath. But he said he will give you breath to come back into you. I believe as we prayed a few minutes ago, somebody got healed. I believe we're going to hear from it. I believe they're going to testify. He restored. He brought breath back into my body. He not only restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Leads me where? Paths of righteousness. What is, what, what's going on here? You have no righteousness. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you've served God 150 years. You have no righteousness. Your righteousness is in Jesus. And sometimes we try to say, look how good I'm. I've been going here. I've done this. No, no, no. It does not a When you get to heaven, he's not going to ask you even where you attended church. You know, he's not going to look at me and say, did you pastor the summit in church of God? No. He's going to look at me and say, were you faithful? Faithfulness to what he has given us to do. He leads us and makes us his righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. Translation, for his reputation. Think about this. Look at me. Is there anything you've done lately that would hurt his reputation? Wow. See, we're responsible. We represent him. Come on. Ooh, my, 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 my. I don't need to stay here, but I feel like I need to. We've got to, people are watching Christians on how we respond to this pandemic. Hello. Because we are his 
reputation. My name is Sergeant. First time in a long time, my whole family was here in the early service. I had everybody here. My grand, my children, my grandchildren, my in-laws, my outlaws, they were all here. What are you saying? They carry the Sergeant name. I carry the Sergeant name. Whatever they do or I do or whatever my dad do or the ones, it's a reputation. Hello? And you carry his reputation. Your righteousness is so you can create an atmosphere where everybody will love his reputation. Wow. I ain't got time to preach here. I'm going to get too pastoral and talk about too many things, okay? But look at this. When he does this, he leads you. You are righteous. You are helping his name. Well, let's go on. Verse 4, yay. Somebody say it loud. Say, yay. yay. Say it again. Yay. yay. The word yay is a Hebrew word that says, I want your attention. I used to have, you don't have that anymore. I had a teacher, had a ruler in her hand, and she'd pound on that desk. And you better turn around. You better sit up straight. Hello. I, I joined the Navy, and I was in the boot camp, and you better listen. Hello. They didn't say yay. They said a whole lot more than yay. I'm marching in line and I'm in step and we're marching. My nose got to itching and I did this. And he stopped everybody for me. Boy, I was fortunate. I was special. He comes up to me. He said, Sergeant, does your nose itch? I said, yes, sir, it does. He said, pow. He said, does it itch now? I said, no, sir. It hurts, but don't itch. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you, yay is I need you. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Shadow. Say shadow. Have you ever been hurt by a shadow? No. The shadow of a gun can't kill you. Shadow of a car can't run over you. It, it's not going to happen because a shadow is just a shadow. It has nothing to it. He said, you're not going to walk through death. You're going to walk through the valley of the shadow. In other words, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to protect you and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to encircle you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to comfort you. Do you understand? We are right now in America and around the world walking through a valley of the shadow of death but the shadow is not going to kill us. We're going to stand up. We're going to walk through it and we're going to come out on the other side because he is is with us. Come on, give him praise. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil because everywhere I step, you step. Everywhere I walk, you walk. In fact, the scripture tells us that the steps of a good man are what? Ordered of the Lord. Do you realize that the word man there is actually translated from a Hebrew word warrior? So let's change it. The steps of a good warrior. Do I have any warriors in the house? Anybody feel like you're a fighter? Come on. You know, we're, we're in the army. We got to fight. We got to move. Here's what the Lord told me when I was praying not long ago. He said, yes, your steps are ordered by me, but you got to do the walking. 
See, we want, we want to be like we were when we were a baby and they're holding our hands and we're walking. And we used to say our children are walking and fall. That's why they built their rear ends so close to the ground so they wouldn't get hurt. But guess what? We'd pick them up and they'd walk again. We'd pick them up. But there came a day they had to take their own steps. And the Lord is saying to the church, it's time for you to start walking. It's time for you to stand up because the, how do I do that? Because I know you are with me. And while you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod has a gnarly top on it, which, he used, which the shepherd would use to, to kill the prey. As they would come up, he would throw it with such accuracy. He'd hit a wolf and he'd be gone. He said, the rod comforts you because it protects you. He said, but my staff will rescue you because a sheep will wander away. And as they wander away, they'd fall in a crevice or something. And he would take the hook of that shepherd and he would put it around his neck and he would pull him out. You ever been pulled out of the crevice? You ever felt like you've been lost? He doesn't, he doesn't come and stand on the edge of the crevice and say, why well, you are out of your mind. He doesn't come and make fun of you. He takes the hook and he pulls you out. And he doesn't pull you out and put you on the ground and say, okay, now walk. No. He takes you and he drapes you around his shoulders and puts your head here next to his heart and takes you back. Wow. Aren't you glad that his staff comforts you? takes care of you, rescues you, and takes you back to the fold. We all have tendencies like sheep to wander away. Give me the next one. I got to keep moving. I don't want to keep them to two. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I kept looking at this. I said, Lord, what does it mean you prepare? Why in the presence? Let me tell you something. Whatever you need through what we're doing, what we're going through is on his table. We may be in the midst of a crisis, but he still has it on the table. I'd say everybody I'm looking at got together with your family during uh, Christmas. And I would say like all of us, that there was too much food on the table, right? But guess what? How many of you here, your mother, your dad, or somebody in your family fixed you a plate and came over and fed you? No. I didn't fix anybody a plate. I said, you fix your plate. It's on the table. I had to get my own plate and I had to walk up there and do this. Can I tell you that's what you got to do at his table? He's not going to take it off the table and throw it at you. He says, I've prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. There's a young man in scripture in Second uh, Samuel by the name of Mephibosheth. Glad my mama wasn't reading that part of the Bible when she named me, you know. But Mephibosheth was dropped by his nurse. He couldn't walk. He was lame. The King David sent for him. They brought him in. And one of the things he said, now remember, he can't walk. They have to bring him in. And he comes before the king and the king looks at him and says, let me tell you something. I was in a covenant with your daddy. And because I was in a covenant with your daddy, I am going to let you eat at my table continually. Every day, all day, anytime, the table will be prepared for you. The thing I like about Mephibosheth, they had to carry him because he was lame. But once he would sit down, put his legs under the table, he looked just like everybody else. 
Can I tell you, when you get to the king's table, you can't see your flaws. He may know your flaws, but they don't. And you can reach for anything on that table that you want because he's prepared a table for you and your enemies are watching. But guess what? He wants to give testimony that he supplies for you in the most difficult time. Can I get an amen? Look at it. Then he anoints my head with oil. A shepherd will take oil. And a lot of times the oil they use has uh, certain ingredients in it more than just oil. And he will pour it first over the whole sheep. Because there's a certain time of the year they are susceptible to scabbing over because of parasites. So they cover the body so it will protect them. Now watch this. This is the oil. Now he's talking about anoints my head. They anointed the head and the ears with oil. The oil would run down into the ears and it would put oil up their nose. They don't sound too good. But sheep are very susceptible to parasites like flies flying around that would get in their nose. And what they would do is they would build a nest in their nose and that nest they would build in their nose would cause an inflammation and that inflammation would get so bad it would eat up into their brain and make them go crazy. I know those people. They were driving on highway the other day. I don't know who they were, but they were there. But look at this. You need to walk in the anointing so it will protect you from the parasites. I've seen people, I pastored long enough to know that I've seen people go crazy. I don't mean crazy, crazy. I mean, get out, go berserk and say things they shouldn't say and do things they shouldn't do. Hello? But let that anointing flow over you that it'll protect you from the parasite called Satan. Amen? Look at this. You know what? They anointed them. I, I'm going to stay here on the sheep a little bit, okay? When it talks about anointing the head of a sheep with oil to protect them, sheep, as I told you earlier, grow a lot of wool. And if they're not sheared, it gets very heavy. One of the things that would happen to a sheep is he would go like on the side of a hill, and if he couldn't hold himself steady, he would flip over. Now, once a sheep flips over on his back, he can't get back up. He needs help. And he has to wait and hope that the shepherd will come and rescue him. The shepherd shows up. He's laying on his back. His feet are sticking up. And he wants the shepherd to come and put him back upright. But you know what? Shepherd doesn't do that. The shepherd knows that while that sheep is on his back, the blood in his legs have gone. And because it's gone, if he stood him up too quick, it would break his legs. So that shepherd comes along and he puts his hands on each side of each leg and he starts rubbing them. You know why? To renew the circulation in his legs. Hear me, you may be laying on your back and you wonder why God can't get you up. Did you just look around? He's rubbing your legs. Before he can stand you up, he's got to get your circulation going because he doesn't want you to break your legs. He wants you to be steady. Does anybody hear me? He is rubbing your legs. He is rubbing your legs. He is creating a circulation in your spiritual body that will cause you to stand up and be what he's called you to be. Give him praise in the house again. Sheep have a tendency to wander. 
In fact, a shepherd doesn't really lead them. If you look at modern day shepherds, they are behind. The reason they're behind is for protection, but he's got one sheep that's trained that will go along and they'll just eat. Sheep won't even look up. They'll just keep eating and keep following, keep eating and keep following. A man said he had a, sh- uh, a fold of 200 sheep and they all kept following, never looked up and that one sheep went over the cliff and all 200 of them went over. Be careful who you follow. It may lead you in the wrong place. You better listen to the shepherd. You better be sensitive to the shepherd. He anointed his head with oil and his cup runs over. Now listen to me. The cup is not running over with oil. The body's running over with oil. But what happens is the refreshing power of God comes into your life and he fills your cup with his goodness, his love, his mercy, his presence, his power, his strength. You understand what I'm talking about? You know what? What happens when your cup runs over? It sloshes out. Does everybody understand the word slosh? You know, it sloshes out. We used to have cups and saucers. We don't do that anymore. We do paper cups and paper plates. Praise God. I don't have to wash. Amen. But you would get that coffee cup cup so full if you had a saucer. I've seen people who love coffee so much that they would drink it and drink it until it was gone and then pick up the saucer. Anybody that old? And drink it. But by then it was cold. It really wasn't good. But they wanted to get every last drop. I want to be so sloshing out that somebody wants to come to me and get God because he's good to the last drop. He has everything they need. He will take care of him. Let me finish this thing. Give me verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy. Say goodness and mercy. The word surely is a positive word. I want to tell you this is a fact that goodness and mercy are not following you. The word follow is not a good word. What it actually translates from Hebrew is surely goodness and mercy are relentlessly pursuing you. So if you stop, they're going to run into you. They're following you. They're relentlessly coming after you. Wow. How long? All the days of my life. What's going to happen? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's not just talking about heaven, folks. It's talking about his presence. It's in Genesis 28 where it makes the statement there with Jacob. You know, this is the house of God, the gate of heaven. You know where the house of God is? Not this building. I'm the house of God. And I'm going to let him dwell with me. And I'm going to dwell with him. How long? Forever. I'm going to dwell with him here. I'm going to walk with him here. I'm going to be with him here. Then I'm going to be with him forever. It's going to work forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Does anybody want to go? Do I have any takers in the house? I hope I'm helping you see security in the midst of the pandemic. Because he is your shepherd. I'm going to close with this, and they're going to come. Boy, aren't y'all glad to hear those words from a preacher? I'm closing. You know what it means? Nothing. Listen to me, though. Yesterday about, I don't know, four or five in the morning, I don't know when it was, I was asking the Lord, praying about this service. And I said, Lord, 
people are still living in distress. They say more people are in depression than ever been in the history of America because of the pandemic. So here's where the Lord took me, and I'm going to close with this one illustration. One of my most oft-requested messages is about eagles. In fact, I preached it at Lee University, and I had somebody come up to me long ago, said they still remember it, you know. But one of the things about an eagle is there comes a time in his life when he ends up in the wilderness. When he ends up in the wilderness, his feathers break off. His talons become cracked. His strength is gone. And a callous substance because of that grows over his beak and he can't breathe. He has to make one of two decisions. In fact, a man that I got this illustration from, I read where he said uh, an Indian in North Carolina took him into the mountains and said, I want you to see this. And he saw what's called a moping period for an eagle. What happens is he may die. Sometimes that's how we feel, folks. We're in the wilderness. But you know what happens? His friends go get a rabbit or a squirrel or something, go down and pick it up with their talons. They fly over where he's at and they drop a rabbit. They don't just drop food to him. They circle above and they encourage him to eat it. Eagles begin to scream and scream. You know what I'm trying to scream to you today? Eat what God's given you. You may be in the wilderness, but eat. Eat the Word of God. Eat the power of the Word of God. Eat what God has given you. And what happens is they encourage him to eat. He begins to eat. His feathers renew. His talons become strong again. He, becomes a, uh, he begins to walk around. He can't fly yet. In Isaiah 40 and 31, we read that scripture. And they will what? Mount up with wings as eagles. The word mount up doesn't mean fly. The word mount up means to climb out. Now, boy, I, I feel this very strongly. I'd like for this pandemic to be over today. But if it's not, I'm going to do like that eagle. I'm going to put a talon in the side of that mountain and I'm going to pull myself up. That's what mount means, folks. It's not flying out. We got to climb. Are you with me? Put another talon in the mountain. Climb out. You know, every eagle has a rock and he's climbing back to his rock. Every Christian has a rock. Jesus said, I am that rock and I'm going to build my church upon that rock. Climb, keep climbing, keep climbing, keep climbing. And finally, that eagle gets to the top and there's his rock. When you get out, you're going to find your rock and his name is Jesus. But when he gets to the top, he still can't fly. The callous substance, he can't breathe. He goes over to his rock and he begins to beat his beak back and forth, back and forth. It hurts. It's uncomfortable, but pretty soon the callous substance falls off his beak and he can go, I can get my breath now. You know what he does? He runs to the edge of that rock and he jumps 
and he begins to soar again. Can I tell you, child of God, get ready to soar. You're not meant to walk around in this wilderness. There's a scripture in 1 Samuel that says, don't dwell another night in the wilderness. Come on out, start climbing. It may not be comfortable. It may not be what you want. It may not look like what you want, but keep climbing. Do I have any climbers in the house? Put your hands together. Give him worship and praise. Climb out. Sure, you'll get tired. Sure, you may slip back, but don't slip back and stay. Put another one in. Keep moving. And if you need some food, call me and I'll pray for you and give you a word of God. And we keep climbing. We keep climbing. Keep climbing. Keep climbing. And pretty soon, You'll mount up with the wings of eagle. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God. Being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself so why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.